0: you guys welcome back to keeping it simple this is luis
1: sanchez i'm here with my co-host hey i'm scott callantine welcome to the episode let's get started hey welcome in to keeping it simple season 2 episode 11 i think welcome back in we're here with luis and a new friend of ours emily diaz emily say hello to the people
2: hi everybody thanks for having me
1: yeah we are glad to have you here Uh, Emily, could you maybe just briefly give us a little information about yourself, who you are, what do you do, how many kids you have, where you live, that kind of thing, and then because we're in the spirit of the holidays right now, give me, what's your favorite Christmas movie?
2: Absolutely. So my name is Emily Diaz. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but I am originally from the, the Pacific Northwest, let's so.
1: go we love to hear that we Shout love that
2: PNW. um we are here down in the southwest um i am married to abiel diaz who's originally from mexico and we live a bilingual bicultural spanglish life with our let's go. children we got a whole brood of kids ranging in ages from 14 to six um, and I happily report to you that today they are all in school, every single one of them. It's been touch and go oh, for a while. Um, and uh, my husband and I are church planters. We planted a church, a Spanish-speaking church here five years ago. And I also work with Studia church planting organization. And my favorite holiday movie, my favorite Christmas movie has to be Elf. Every year we watch it with our kids.
0: Let's go. Let's go. I've been telling my wife, right? I'm like, babe, we got to play Elf. We got to play Elf. She's like, no, we're not yet. I'm like, we got to play Elf. I heard she watched it without you. Tonight. Oh, she probably did watch it without me. (laughs) But tonight we're going to have this event and it's our Friendsgiving for, you know, friends new and old. And I said to her, I don't care. We're playing Elf in the background the entire night. We're going to run it on repeat. So Emily, again, thanks for being here with us. Um, So we first connected with you through this Hub launch cohort through the Kansas City Underground mm-hmm. that just kind of came to a close yesterday. I think can you can you share a little bit about um, your connection to the Kansas City Underground with our audience and then how that came about?
2: Sure. Yeah. So in 2018, um, as Kansas City Underground was getting started and launching out of the church that they launched out of, um, I was introduced to them through Stadia um, and got to partner with. Rob Wagner and Brian Johnson and their whole team um, as a project manager. Um, and so I got to journey with them from the very beginning of just it being a thought and an idea and a dream to the implementation. And really my role was just to ask a lot of really hard questions along the way and to point out the things that they were missing. Um, and that really turned into a lot of rejoicing. And so that's been yeah. how many years now? Four? Four years. I'm doing my math. Three years. Three years along the way with them. And I now have the pleasure of joining them in a different form of partnership and joining on their board um and overseeing kind of at a high level um vision and implementation of that. So it's been really one of the greatest joys of my ministry is getting Mm -hmm. to see from kind of a ground level view with them of just Mm -hmm. the multiplication of disciples and the emergence of dozens and dozens of micro churches and now hubs
1: that's awesome um off the top what is one of the more difficult questions you would ask them at in the beginning what is something you would challenge them with
2: oh well i'm always asking how are you going to do that right How are you gonna make that happen? They are an interesting crew. Uh, I'll never forget one of our first meetings. Usually when I meet with church planters, I always ask like, hey, if you have any documentation pass it to me, right? Because it just helps me to like get a greater view of what you thought was so important to write down. And so I I like to look over that. Generally speaking, a church planter will send like, hey, here's my website with like, you know, a bio and like a mission statement. No, 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 these guys sent like a 50 page document over (laughs) <laughs> like, this is what we have written, written down. And it was super detail oriented and like giant vision. And so I just constantly was asking, how, how are you going to implement that? Um, or pointing out what was missing, right? When you're removed from the situation and you're looking in from the outside, it's just a whole lot easier for you to see mm. where the gaps are. Um, and I also don't have the responsibility of filling those gaps. So pointing them out, there's no, there's no loss <laughs> in it for me. So I think that's those awesome. are some of the questions.
0: We kind of get to poke at it and just kind of let it kind of bounce on. It on, its on. Like, hey, yep, hey, poke
2: and then just say, see ya. You go, you yeah. go do with that.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oh, it's yeah. been such a pleasure kind of connecting with those boys too and, and their ministry. And they've done some of what probably you've done. To them they've probably done some of that to us too yeah. mm-hmm. and even in an inspirational encouraging way i'm like hey so tell us more right or like sure. yeah i was talking to timmy and we interviewed timmy last week um, and we said all church planters have a dream until you look at your check right it's like <laughs> oh how are we gonna go ahead and do that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but we need yeah. people like you church planters a lot of times um you know we can kind of have these huge visions, but people that help us stay grounded and kind of help ask those questions are totally, totally needed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've mentioned this thing called Stadia. Yeah. Some of our audience, maybe most of our audience uh, has no idea what Stadia is. So could you fill us in? What exactly is Stadia? And what exactly do you, do you do with Stadia? How does stuff work? You mentioned that you partner or there's like a partnership with Stadia in the KC Underground. Mm-hmm. You work for Stadia. What could you elaborate for us?
2: Sure. So, Stadia is a church planting organization, and I originally connected with Stadia because I was a church planter. Um, my husband and I planted a church, um, and we are. Uh, church planting kids. So we're PKs, but we're church planting pastor's kids, right? And okay. so we got the behind the the scenes view of church planting from our fathers and knew um, when we were heading into church planting that we wanted to learn from their mistakes. And one of their mistakes was going about doing it alone. And so when mm. we were called um, and commissioned to plant a church, we knew we did not want to do this alone. And so the way the door that god opened to answer that prayer and that call that we felt was partnering with stadia to plant a church but to do it in the context of community um, and so stadia is a church planning organization that journeys with church planters um, to start multiplying churches that thrive grow and multiply that intentionally care for children um, we know that children are close to the heart of god Um, and that also the large majority of disciples of Christ make that decision before the age of 18. Um, And so we think it's really important to have children as a focus of our ministries. Um, And so I, um, in the last several years, transitioned from working with our church plant to joining staff with Stadia um, as a project manager, um, and so Stadia provides a whole gamut of services to church planters um, from the very beginning of when you just begin to feel this sense of maybe I'm called to plant a church. Um, we journey with you to help discern is that is that right? Are you prepared? Do you have the mm-hmm. giftings and the readiness to do so? All the way through coaching and training, um, I we do project management, which is I do, which is what I do is journeying with them helping implement practical steps along the way of starting a new church um all the way into when you've begun what you've set out to and um, provide relationship mentoring and coaching um as you continue on the multiplying journey
0: so you guys start like with assessments right you you guys are a part of like the assessment process the discernment process and then um you and 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 what i and correct me if I'm wrong, what I know about Stadia is that Stadia tends to partner with a lot of people. So it's almost like cross denominational, like it partners with people outside and it's not a denomination. It's just a church planting multiplication kind of thing. And it it focuses on children. I sometimes used to be like the disconnect between church planting and children because children is such a focus. Right. Mm -hmm. And you guys started with like a a heart for the children, but I think I was asking I think it was Chivo who's up here, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I kind of just asked him in passing he's like but and he was like um i don't know if it was him or someone else but it was like the the way to reach children is through planting more churches right yeah. He's like and that and that's what we believe it's like the way that, it's like that's interesting That's it's like hey and it's and, and you'll reach the parents you'll reach the community you reach the people and so yeah. that's um that's that's definitely something that um that is unique in that uh that that you guys do
1: Mm, I love that that combination of trying to reach kids by well planting more churches, and so we're kind of in this planting a church mentality. Church planters we call it the Simple Church Collective, and so with Stadia, what has your guys's uh, maybe history been with church planting? Has it been more of the predominant traditional church plant model? Is it more of the micro church simple church model? Um, is it shifting? You guys do partnerships look different with each kind of structure? what does that look like?
2: Sure. So yeah, definitely. Stadia um is, you know, 15 plus years old um, and started kind of in the height of the church planting movement. Um and definitely had its roots in launch large church planting model, right? Um, and to be frank. We did it really well. Um, we knew how to start large, launch large mega churches in suburban areas um, with a certain kind of church planter. Um, we knew how to find those people, how to prepare them, how to serve them well to serve a particular kind of community. Um, and I think what we've been seeing over the last several years is those. Those churches are actually not what our communities are looking for any longer. Um, I think the pandemic has made it abundantly clear that the churches that we have started are not actually discipling people, right? Because mm. the church doors closed and people were no longer walking with Jesus, mm. which from my point of view means they're not disciples of Christ. Um, And so Stadia is in a season of saying, we think that it's going to take multiple models of churches. Is the launch large church bad? Absolutely not. Is there a place for it? Yes. Will it serve people well? Of course. But it is not the only form of church that we need in order to see the kingdom of God brought here today. And so we are transitioning and have transitioned to be an organization that sees church planting multimodally. And so we are. Say that again. Say that again. Multimodal. Come on now. Right. That's multimodal. Dumb. So our focuses have been right. Traditional prevailing church churches, right. but we're also moving into micro churches and more so. missional discipleship focused and also into the area of, of digital. Um, we also mm-hmm. use the term digital. It's actually there trademarked by Stadia as digital. And because we who'd you steal
0: that from who'd you steal that from?
2: Hey, it's ours. It's trademarked. Look it up. <laughs> Promise. So if you use it in all the promotion, you better put our little trademark thing on there, right?
0: It belongs to the kingdom.
2: There you go. Um, but we believe that not only do we believe in multimodal, but we believe that the, the, the large majority of churches nowadays are not just one form or one kind of church, but there mm-hmm. are multiple personifications and adaptations within each church and um, that they look differently. So even if we gather together on a Sunday morning, there's also a digital aspect and engagement with that to reach populations in different ways, different populations of our communities.
0: I want to jump on something that you said, um, Emily. You said something like, "Hey, we we found that uh, you know there was a different uh, a specific type of planter for a specific type of community for a specific type of you know demographic." I'm kind of trying to you know correct, correct. me if I'm wrong, man. There are, I I love the season that we're in and we're entering right and uh, of the church, and there are a lot of people of color out there who I think could benefit from. You know these kind of uh, low overhead, kind of simple, more kind of close to the ground, grassroots kind of uh, modes of church planting. Um, is, you know, are you seeing organizations like Stadia and others like starting to invest more and more in communities of color? I mean, in leaders of color, and and mm-hmm. and, you know, what's what's the connection there?
2: Yeah. So I think what um, our perspective right now is breaking the box right? That we've had a pretty small box that we've tried to fit church planters and church planting into. And what we've realized is is that that box is not serving the kingdom any longer. So we're breaking the box, right, and looking at different modes, different people, different forms, different perspectives, and how um, those perspectives are faithfully discipling God's people and mm. bringing kingdom. Um, and and it's learning along the way, right? Because we're not experts in that area. But uh, you know, one thing that I know that true is true is. Previously, we used to say that content is king, and I think that that statement is now irrelevant and that it's context, that context is king. And so, Stadia sees our role is not being the expert in every context, but to be the best uh, partner of journeying with others, of discovering their own context and how best to serve their context. Um, in their local areas. And so right now I'm working with a Latino church planter in Ohio. um, And one of the things that she's constantly struggling with is, is funding, right? People of color and in the margins, funding is always a struggle and is always an issue. But the other thing that we know to be true by statistically, right, with Latino church planters is that they do far more with significantly less. They see higher results with significantly less resources, funding, people, partnership, um, and and they just make it work, right? And so for me, love our people. Yeah, they, we're scrappy, right? We 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 take what we have and we work it to the bone. Um, and it's one of my greatest joys and pleasures to partner with people like that. Um, there's no privilege. There's no entitlement. There's just a call and a passion and an attitude of do what it takes to get um, God's kingdom represented in their communities.
0: I appreciate this. I mean, now more and more, right? There's just been this chasm in the church. There's been these strife in 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 the American church, right? But then there's also been this kind of like just opening, kind of just of like, hey, dude, the the majority world has kind of had it dialed for a little bit and we kind of just kind of looked at them with like hey we got this thing and, and a lot of the majority of the world has wanted to replicate what we've been doing and then the pan i call it the pandini and then the pandini hit and <laughs> and and then and then they're like oh we're still making disciples y'all's people stopped going to quote unquote church right and so what mm-hmm. whoa and now we're facing outward and saying hey How can we learn from those people and what they're doing? And and I love that going back to Kansas City Underground. Like a lot of what they've done, they were inspired by the Eastern African Church, right, and other places, and in India and in other places. And I love what the Lord is doing, kind of like weaving this tapestry of disciple making and of uh, people from all over the world. And it really has this kind of uh underlying theme of like hey make jesus king right like mm-hmm. and 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 point people to him and duplicate and multiply little Jesuses all over the planet and so mm. and so i i love that the american church and organizations like stadia are becoming increasingly even our you know uh family of churches becoming increasingly more open to learning right cuz i think what we need yeah. is humility and i think in some place in some ways the, the 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 pandemic kind of flattened you know put everybody on like hey let's kind of restart and and those that want to learn i think will reap the benefits 5 10 15 years down the road sure with, with the impact um and, and the disciple making kind of kind of will,
2: well, and part of our, part of our passion, see. part of our passion and as a part of Stadia is, I think one of the disadvantages that people in the margins have um, is a lack of platform, right? Because right. they are quiet, faithful servants of Jesus in their corner of the world. And so part of our passion is to be able to give platform and voice to people like that, right? Because we can learn so much um, from what those quiet, humble leaders are doing faithfully in their communities and the great impact that it's having. So part of our desire is how do we, how do we platform those voices that don't have the opportunity or the, the, the privileges to share their voices at a wider level? Um, and so that's part of my desire um, is to do that through Stadia. We need people like you.
1: Thanks. And I'm loving, I'm loving this conversation. Uh, for someone who, out, who might be listening to this podcast right now, who is like, okay, I wanna, I wanna somehow get connected with Stadia. Whether, well, let's make it a two-part question. They're look, they're into church planting or church planter needing resource connection training. How would they get connected? And secondly, what if they're in a more traditional uh, church experience, the prevailing model right now? How could Stadia help? pivot them or train them, equip them to be maybe more missional or to change the structure of what church looks like?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So stadiachurchplanting.org is Stadia's website and is the best place to start. If you go on there, you can find a place where you can say, get started and fill out a form to to start start our discovery process if you're interested in starting a church. Um, So head there if you're interested and our team will reach out to you and we'll begin the conversations of what next steps would look like. Um, if you are someone who is having this spidey sense in you, that you you want something more, something different, that the way that you have been a part of the body of Christ, um, you think is not the best way and God is calling you to something different, I would encourage you to come to our monthly webinars that we are hosting um, with Brian Johnson from Kansas City Underground, where we talk about kind of an introduction to a disciple-making movement and micro microchurch. Um, mm. I think that these are really common senses that people are having um, as we are kind of coming out of this tumultuous time in the Pandini, as you are calling it. Let's go. We- um and so i think that that's
1: these, that's trademarked
0: by the collective <laughs> there
2: you go i'm gonna I'm i got gonna- it
0: from a girl on tiktok sorry
2: It's making me hungry. Now I want a panini. panini. Um, (laughs) um, So as people are coming out of the pandemic, there are a lot of people that are asking these questions and that are seeing um, the cracks in what we have called the prevailing model church. And they're wanting something different and something more that may not have some of the language or processes or models to be able to say it's that. Um, And so podcasts like this are fantastic of giving language and tools and resources to have an understanding or our, what the webinar that we host monthly um just gives you kind of like a, an initial crash course and what is the disciple making movement what is a micro church, how does that lead how do you start that um and then what we have done is created um just kind of the beginning um, uh platforms for that learning and understanding Um, and then create we've also created environments where you can begin to start that missionary journey yourself Um, so kansas city underground hosts uh, has platformed their uh, missionary pathway and so we point people to that as well as a bunch of other resources of saying this first starts with you it starts with you and you becoming a missionary and discipling your own neighbors or your coworkers workers in the places that you um where you live and where you hang out um and and then it becomes a movement right from there as you are discipling um the people around you um and so once once you have begun to see some micro churches emerged then um we host uh uh the the cohort that you guys participated in that helps people think through how do we think of multiplication at a higher at a higher level right it's a much more centralized form of hubs where that foster the multiplications of missionaries and and micro churches um and so this the cohort that we host is already taking missionaries and um people who are training up and and multiplying missionaries and helps them form structures around um what we call as a hub to um, help foster multiplication at a greater level in their communities.
1: On, on that, the, you mentioned the webinar that's monthly, where would someone find that and when, when is it each month?
2: Um, so it is on our website and we can link it in the cool. show notes here, I'll, we'll send you guys that. Um, and it's uh, the third Thursday of every month at, I believe it's noon central time. Okay. And we'll awesome. give you the link where you can go in, find where those dates are, and register mm-hmm. register
0: for it. So as we start to kind of land the plane, I want two-part question and just asking, it's like I know that St- Stadia is in part, um, you know, like their heart and their focus is on children. And then the second part of the question is like, maybe connected, maybe unconnected, but just anything else that you want to add, you know, that you wouldn't would want our listeners to hear anything else. But the, the first part of that question is, you know, in the micro church model, in the simple church model, sometimes um, uh, the, the the question does come up is like, so what do we do with the kids, right? Like, how are we gonna gonna uh, disciple the kids? And I've been personally feeling like the Lord's been saying, I have four kids, right? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, like, like you're we're not gonna outsource. We can't outsource. There's no kids pastor. There's no like youth right. pastor that we're gonna outsource our disciple making to. And I've never been of that variety anyway, but but just saying like, how, you know, are are you guys thinking along those lines, like how do we reach children within the micro church model, which is a little bit different than, you know, the macro more, you know, and, and what kind of tools are, are you guys kind of coming up with to share with, with people that are doing micro churches?
2: Yeah, so it's usually one of the first questions that arise, right, is people start talking about microchurches like what do we do with the kids? Right. <laughs> right? I mean, most of you, I'm sure, have the experience of having a group of people in your home and if they're if it's a younger population, you got a herd of kids and it's loud and chaotic and noisy yeah. and seems like we're not doing much of anything except putting on a movie to quiet them down, which is maybe not discipleship. Um, So I think the first thing that I might say is I might back up the bus first and say, who's discipling you? Um, Right. Which is maybe my is a different conversation. But as we talk about becoming disciple makers, uh, believe it or not, the, the majority of the time that I talk to church planters, disciple makers. They have very little experience in actually being discipled. Mm. So how are we going to model something that we have not yet experienced ourselves Mm. at a high level of multiplication in our communities? And so we're talking about discipling our own kids, right? And discipling kids within our community. How will we do that if we have not yet experienced that ourselves? Right. And if we are visionary minded, right, we're dreaming of the future and we have this call in our hearts. Typically, we don't want to waste our time in slowing down to ask those questions Mm. because it impedes the pace of seeing what God has called us to do to actually happen. But I would challenge you to think that I actually think that if you don't slow down, that you actually will never accomplish what God has called you to do that if you do not receive discipleship from someone who is faithfully pouring into your life and teaching you the ways of Jesus for yourself, that you're actually never going to see that happen in your own context, in your own community.
0: What I'm hearing you say is, hey, in order to first disciple your children, Mm -hmm. take take a step back, slow down, make sure that you yourself are being discipled, learn learn what, what that's like, and then pass that on and maybe even contextualize it for the the heart and the mind of the child
2: yeah yeah and once you know once we have someone who is walking with us as we walk with jesus and holding us accountable right i think that there are uh several different ways to look at disciple making in populations of children i thought the first is that parents are the primary disciple makers of children Mm -hmm. right and as we journey with parents and are discipling them we are investing in them to also invest in their children mm-hmm. and they as they become the primary disciple makers of their own children
1: right. um, mm-hmm.
2: i will i will tell you that i live in a community but that is not an effective discipleship strategy because I live in a community where children have parents who are not present, whether it's because of a single parent household Mm. or an immigrant household where people are working multiple jobs and they just Mm. aren't around. And so I believe that, yes, in, in, in the perfect kingdom world, in the perfect kingdom world, that is God's ordination for parents, right, is to disciple their own children. And yet, unfortunately, we don't live in that perfect kingdom world yet. We live in a broken world and we have broken families. And so I believe that it is our responsibility as disciple makers and as the body of Christ to have spaces where the church and the body are investing and pouring in and loving and caring and discipling children also. Um, And so I don't have five easy steps to make that happen. Or um, I don't have a curriculum that I could put into your hands to say this works. What I do have is the heart and the love and the passion to see that happen in my own community. And I think that that's what your calling is. Is it you question how do we make disciples of Christ? Is is to question do I have that heart and that passion for the children in my community? Because if you have it, then you're going to find ways, environments, and spaces to make that happen.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah, I love that. There is no magical curriculum or formula, as much as we want that, because it right. would make life easier. Sure. And uh, actually, in our, uh, I think it was our final um, KC Hub co- cohort meeting, uh, we, the the tagline was "Slow is the new fast." Mm-hmm. Slow is the new fast. Our discipleship is going to be slow, rather than hurrying and hustling and speeding on onto the next thing. Uh, slow is the new fast. And so I think that that's what you're encompassing right there. There, there's no magic formula to disciple our kids quicker or faster. Mm -hmm. Um, and throwing out a Disney movie is not exactly discipleship (laughs) either. (laughs) Although fun sometimes. Uh, so. I'd also you.
2: say that it's, it's slow as a new fast and it's as we go, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. along the way. Um, I'll give you an example of a kid in, in our our lives. His name is Esteban and he calls himself um, my quinto hijo, which is my, my fifth child. And I always tell him I was like, yeah, the, the quinto hijo that I never asked for, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is now 18 years old, but I met him when he was about 10 or 11. Um, He's a fantastic, extroverted, bold kid. Um, And he is a part of a home that is fantastic, but he has a single mom and does not have a father that's present in his life. And so he's someone who's joined our community and hangs around with us and we love him well. Um, Have we ever had planned meetings where my husband or where I sit with him and walk with him through scripture and have a curriculum that we disciple him with? No, we don't, but man, we live life with him and he comes over and we pay him to help us clean our backyards. And we're talking to him and wrestling with him through the things that he's struggling with and talking to him about the principles and the values that we believe that the Bible teaches and that God is close to God's heart. Um, And we're there when he screws up and falls flat on his face. Um, And we are there to celebrate him and the wins um, of his, of his life. As well and I think that that uh, is is what we have seen is discipling kids in our community Um, and it takes time and sacrifice and it takes us making the space in our lives um, for him to be to come in and to be welcome um, and the intention of of inviting them into that Um, so yeah
1: I love that example thank you so much for joining us Emily we we love having you and and learning more about stadia and hopefully resourcing other church planters, people getting in the church planting world, or even just trying to be more missional and and mobilize people. And maybe as some of the language we've used, shift from level three mindset to level five mindset to multiplication. And and that's the goal of disciple making is to multiply. Mm -hmm. It's not just addition, but it's a, a reproduction and multiplication that happens. So thank you so much for joining us. Is there any final words you would have to our audience listening today?
2: Oh, thank you for having me. And I just would encourage you both um, in your leadership and for your community uh, to to keep at it you know one of the greatest joys that i have in in my position is that i get this really wide view of what god is doing across the country and so sometimes when we are on the ground in our places serving local people it's hard to see god's movement right it's like when your kid is growing and you actually don't recognize they're growing because you see them every day um but i would just report to you like god is doing an incredible work across the country through people that are like minded like you um and the days add up to years and the years add up to decades and uh, and I believe that we will see a huge movement of God through faithful people like yourselves and so thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your commitment to seeing disciples multiplied
0: and keep at it keep doing it keep up the good work Emily you're the bomb we're glad that we are on the same team keep doing what you guys are doing too Um, We're glad that our paths have crossed. Thank you guys for listening and keeping it simple. See you guys
1: next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.